listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 24th of April, 2023. Later, record iron ore production from Fortescue. But what's the future for the commodity? But first to Westpac, which says the housing correction is largely over. After falling 7% nationally in 2022, the bank now expects prices to be steady this year before rising 5% next. That's across the country. To explain, I spoke with Bill Evans. He is the Chief Economist at Westpac. What we've seen is we've seen some stability in the housing market in the last few months. Prices were flat in February, up about 0.7% in March, and April looks to be to be the same. So the 10% fall that we've seen since April last year has flattened out in the last three months. Now, the question is, is that sustainable? And we certainly believe that it is. When we see these turning points in these trends, it takes an additional shock to turn that around. And that shock would be different to our forecasts in terms of interest rates. So we're expecting the RBA to raise rates next week at the May board meeting, but we do expect them to be on hold thereafter as the economy continues to weaken, inflation comes down and global interest rates go on hold as well. At the moment, our our, our surveys indicate that uh, households are still expecting substantially higher interest rates. As we go through this year and that, that story becomes more realistic and rates are perceived to be on hold, I think that will provide some support. We've also seen a sharp jump in the cost of building a new house and that's feeding into house prices. And, of course, the surge in immigration is putting pressure on rents. And so the attraction of, of investors to uh, re-entering the rental market is starting to improve. So there's a lot of factors here, but clearly affordability remains a major constraint. And that's why we're not expecting to see any major surge in prices, just stability. While consumers are expecting a near-term rate rise, We've still got the mortgage cliff coming on, so a lot of people coming off those um, fixed rates to variable rates. There's also the fact that we haven't seen the full impact of all the rate rises hit the economy. Uh, How's that flowing through the house prices? Well, that's why we think that prices won't rebound. It's why we think prices will remain very much on hold. But if you talk about the cliff, well, that's certainly going to affect existing borrowers But for new borrowers, um, the story will be quite different. If new borrowers are starting to believe that rates have peaked and that the next move is going to be down, that's going to start to encourage some of their confidence. Uh, And the fact that the economy is flat has works in two ways. It certainly works towards uh, holding down, bringing down inflation. And it also means that certainly the unemployment rate will be rising, but the major pressure on the labour market is going to be slow jobs growth, inability to absorb the new entrance into the market, rather than people actually losing their jobs. So it's a very different environment than we've seen in previous cycles. When when the, when the RBA goes on hold, prices continue to fall uh, because the economy is weakening and the unemployment rate is rising and people are losing their jobs. We're not expecting that to be the case this time. What will this mean for rental markets, though? New statistics from the Bureau today show that rents, especially those paid by new tenants, are up 24% since the onset of the pandemic. So obviously that tight market, will it become even tighter? Yes, of course it does. And and, and uh, vacancy rates are now at record lows in virtually every city apart from Melbourne. And Melbourne's 
falling very rapidly as well, particularly with the foreign students coming into the market. So if you're an investor, you're currently looking at the huge uncertainty around equity markets with the credit shock that we see coming into the US and a likely recession there. You're going to be very attracted to the idea that rents are very high and as an investment property prospects will will start to improve, I believe. Uh, of course, the other factor is that as rent, with higher rents, some people may... Uh, be motivated to move out of the rental market and to actually start wanting to buy a property. So those factors, I think, are supportive of our view. The big negative is is the affordability story, uh, but I think these other factors are going to be enough to give us stability until next year when the Reserve Bank is cutting rates, and that will that will be a function of the weakness in the economy and the falling inflation that we're seeing right now. And that is Bill Evans from Westpac. Let's now go to the Australian share market, which did fall on the first trading day of this shortened week. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.1%, 7,322. For more, I spoke earlier with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Today, the resources companies, energy and materials really struggling. Most of the rest of the market actually doing pretty well. Uh, Finance, healthcare and consumer stocks all up pretty well. We do have a public holiday here in Australia tomorrow, but there are still a few things that will influence the market in the coming days. So let's firstly start talking about the US profit reporting season. What's expected? This is fascinating. So really mixed expectations. The broad consensus seems to be a moderate decline in profitability. Some saying the worst earnings season since the onset of COVID. That might be hyperbole, but there is some real questions about how quickly the US economy is slowing down and how badly their listed companies are going to fare as a result. Here we get the inflation data for the quarter on Wednesday. How's that likely to impact the market and pricing for interest rate expectations? Oh, this is going to be fascinating. I say fascinating as if I'm not <laughs> involved with it and impacted by it like everybody else. But it does come down to how well or how badly the RBA's moves are working. Of course, we've seen a couple of monthly inflation numbers, but this is the first quarterly number since the December quarter. We had 7.8% inflation. Hopes are for less than 7%. Meaningfully below that, the RBA might be persuaded to stay their hands if it is there or maybe a little bit above. Unfortunately, we can almost certainly write in a rate increase in May, probably in Penn. You mentioned earlier the miners are in focus today. I want to spend a bit of time talking about the iron ore miners. Uh, Fortescue said today record iron ore shipments in the nine months to March, although quarter on quarter the numbers are down. And it comes as iron ore prices slide. We heard from the likes of BHP last week, which said demand from China and India will underpin commodity demand. So putting that all in all together, what's your take? So I will disclose up front, I own some Fortescue shares. But more importantly, you're right. The good nine-month number, tough quarterly number. Fortescue, of course, going to open a brand-new magnetite mine pretty quickly. And that'll come up on, on stream as it, as it goes forward. Broadly, I think the real challenge is whether or not the global economy continues to grow or we see some of that slump the IMF might be predicting that maybe if things slow down, that hits the world's consumers and the world's manufacturer. That is still China, our major export partner. I think things are on a knife edge, quite honestly. The iron ore price probably reflecting that right now. Uh- at the same time, uh, Blue Scope upgraded its earnings guidance and the company which was spun out of it, South32, took a beating because of a cut to its March quarter production. Why the divergence yeah. there? 
two really different stories, weren't they? I'll just say our 32 first because it's just quick and easy. Uh, wet weather. If you're a miner, we talk about agriculture and think about the weather there, but if you're a miner, wet weather can really hurt you. I think every single commodity in their very diversified suite was down output-wise. Um, it is the perfect storm, no pun intended, when it comes to wet weather. So they really struggled. On the other hand, Blue Scope Steel, this is really impressive. They spent a lot of money upgrading capacity in Ohio and the United States. The great thing about those steel producers, really expensive to set up, but as you grow your volumes, not much in the way of incremental cost. That means good old operating leverage works for you. A modest increase in revenue is a big jump in bottom line profit. They're expecting a 40 to 45% growth in earnings. Uh, that's going to be good use for the company's shareholders. And just wrapping up, in this environment, where do you see the opportunities for investors? <laughs> really good question. Uh, I still think there's plenty of opportunity for individual stocks to be picked in retail and tech. I don't know, I'd go thematically right through the lot, particularly in tech. There's a lot of babies that would justifiably thrown out with the bathwater, but there are. Uh, some really good businesses there that I think have been hit by sentiment across the board. The same for retail. Even if we do have an economic slowdown, there are some trading on single-digit PEs, maybe very low double-digit numbers. Those are two areas, I think, for the uh, maybe the risk-tolerant investor, someone prepared to do the legwork. There's probably some good opportunities in both those sectors. Scott Phillips there from The Motley Fool. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.